Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Inside Wrestling for July 8th. 2017. I'm your host, Nate. Basically, uh, wrestling talk, just talking about the news, basically some big news from Friday at Madison Square Garden. AJ Styles captures the U.S. title. There was a couple videos on WWE.com on their YouTube page. Austin Aries gets released. What the fuck's going on with that thing? Um, Plus, uh, yesterday was happy anniversary to the end W.O., 21 years ago, Hulk Hogan turned evil, turned heel, and formed the N.W.O. and basically changed the landscape of wrestling and the Monday Night Wars. Uh, Feel free to call in the number 724-444-7444. Enter caller ID 142-436-POUND. You want to talk about anything... In pro wrestling. So let me get to this big news. Madison Square Garden show, basically. We did a show yesterday. John was going to the show. And kind of crazy. On my main show, Inside Wrestling, on Blog Talk Radio, I talked about, you know what? Going to these house shows are pretty pointless. Basically, there's no title changes. It would be nice if uh, we get a title change. At a house show or live event, as Mr. McMahon would love to say. And uh, what happened last night? Oh, my God. AJ Styles pins Kevin Owens after a Styles clash to win the U.S. title. Uh, They said basically very solid match as usual. Uh, Owens landed his pop-up powerbomb, but Styles kicked out of cheers. After the match, big ovation for Styles' title win. Best match of the night. So AJ Styles wins. This will probably set up a rematch, Styles versus Kevin Owens, for the U.S. title. And this is where I could see at Battleground Chris Jericho making his return to cost Owens the match. Or even, uh, I don't know, maybe it'll say Owens. No, I don't think Owens is going to win the title. No, no, no. Have Owens get screwed by Chris Jericho and set up a Kevin Owens-Jericho match for SummerSlam. So there we go. Um... Also on the card, we have Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Dolph Ziggler. Um, Nakamura finished Ziggler with a Kinsashi kick. Very good match. Nakamura was over with the crowd. John posted his entrance. Um, estimated crowd was 10,000, so there we go. Not even close to a solid, but from where he was sitting, it looked like a very decent-sized crowd, so I was looking at it. It looked pretty big, so according to this, it was basically in the 10,000 range. So that's not bad for a Friday night. Um, plus a house show, like I said, you don't expect much to happen, but it was a decent-sized uh, crowd and decent card. Um, also, we had R-Truth pin Goldust with a what's up, lackluster, crowd not into it. Another match we had was Neville pin Cedric Alexander 
with his feet on the apron to retain the cruiserweight title. The finish came in as Alexander missed the corner move. They both wore a car. The crowd warmed up after a while, uh, warmed up to the match after a while. Um, we had Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose beat The Miz and Samoa Joe in an excellent tag match. Owens pinned The Miz after Dirty Deeds while Rollins held Joe's leg uh, to keep it from interfering. Some good double teaming by both teams along the way. Nonstop action. Prior to the match, Miz said he refuses to put up the IC title at Mascot Garden because this is where the Knicks play. Originally, was supposed to be a singles match. Miz versus Ambrose for the title. And Joe versus Rollins, all four worked well. So there we go. Yeah, we figured basically they were probably going to change things up, you know, the workload, especially these guys having great balls of fire on Sunday, not taking a chance on an injury. So you figure some of these single guys uh, will be in probably some kind of tag match. So basically that's what they did. Um, also we had Sasha Banks and Bailey and Mickey James defeated Emma and Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. Not too long. Good action. Banks over. Uh, Emma with the bank statement. Another match we had Finn Balor defeated Carl Anderson with Luke Gallows in about a minute. Wow. He landed the cool grab uh, before scoring the pin. Good action from Balor. A brief. Good action. It was a minute. Can't be that much action. Jesus Christ. Hockey power plays last longer than that match. Um, Cesaro, Cesaro and Sheamus defeated the Hardy Boys when Cesaro pinned Jeff to retain the Raw Tag Team title. The Hardys didn't see the heel tag. Uh, Cesaro Cesaro ran uh, into the surprise Jeff, so there we go. Uh, Roman Reigns pinned Bray with the spear. Uh, Wyatt dominated and was often cheered. Reigns heavily booed after the match. Braun Strowman ran in and attacked Reigns. Cedric Alexander ran in but got tossed out. R-Truth ran he got tossed out. Seth Rollins ran in and had uh, Strowman going, but Wyatt popped up and stopped him as Wyatt was about to get Ron and Sister Abigail. Reigns recovered and knocked Wyatt down and speared Strowman to end the show. So there we go. Uh, uh, little go, go, make the fans go home happy, even though they're booing the shit out of Roman Reigns. So there we go. Uh, return date, wow, the day after Christmas, Tuesday, December 26th. Pre-sale code for Ticketmaster is holiday. Uh, final thoughts were very strong uh, show. Cameraman at ringside whole show, presumably recording it. Most likely for some clips for the network, and most likely for AJ Styles' uh, title win. So, uh, a couple of videos were posted on that. So, there we go. That was courtesy of PWTorch.com. So, yeah, not bad. Um, I think I got Georgia on the line. I think Chris is on the line. See there, Georgia. Chris, yeah, what's, up? what's up, man? Just going over the Mad Square Garden show. Uh, not a bad show. I guess it was around 10,000. Uh, John posted a bunch of videos. So not a bad crowd for a Friday night in uh, New York City. Um, any thoughts on the main story? AJ Styles capturing the U.S. title at a live event. Kind of crazy. I was talking about that, that they should do that. Change things up, spice things up, make it a must-feel, must-see event. Those live shows with these title changes. Because I remember back in the day, remember... Bret Hart, he won the WWF title in Saskatoon. And then you always get like a tag team title win sometimes once in a while back in the day. So a nice little change of pace. So uh, what are your thoughts on Styles' win? Yeah, that's fine. The the only inconsistent thing that I can point out is um, because they have a network, you know, there's no excuse for them to not be able to have footage of a live event on the network. 
So you, you won't have that on the network, but you'll have a pointless match between Brock Lesnar and Big Show on the network. Like, that's that's dumb, mm. you know? Well, they did, gonna... they did have the clip. They uploaded it on YouTube, their YouTube page, uh, the styled match, like the finish, the last yeah. five minutes or something. So. But, yeah, Which I have those cool. complaints of a title change at a, you know, live event. It's, it's fine. It's, not, it's fine to do that every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Um, before I get to the Austin Aries uh, story from yesterday... Uh, Jesus, man. <clears throat> Another crazy story came out. WWE, this is courtesy of uh, ProWrestling.net, uh, uh, WWE announces Dixie Carter is included in the Monday's Kurt Angle documentary. WWE has announced that longtime TNA Impact owner Dixie Carter will be included in Monday's Kurt Angle homecoming documentary, the WWE 24 special. We'll air on the WWE Network, uh, me following Monday Night Raw. Read more at WWE.com. Um... Kind of crazy that they're having Dixie Carter there, uh, TNA personnel, because they never talk about TNA. Any guy that comes from TNA, it's like taboo. So now they're inviting Dixie Carter to uh, join board. So I wonder if Dixie maybe sent out a feeler to Stephanie McMahon. I know uh, Dixie feels real highly of Stephanie in interviews and stuff, so maybe that's what it is. But, you know, I don't know. It just, it just, it just sounds kind of weird, so I don't know. Uh, you no know, one Vince McMahon. You never know. Maybe Dixie Carter will be getting hired soon as a GM for SmackDown or Raw. Huh, Dewey? You want to take that idea? <laughs> so, any thoughts on this whole uh, Dixie Carter uh, situation? They have so many of the TNA talent, but the problem is, is that so many of them cannot properly tell their origin stories because their origins in TNA. Yeah. But Dixie Carter is from TNA. So, no, I know. So it's kind of weird why they announced that so, she's going to be there, you know. So with Dixie there, you have more of an origin for Samoa Joe, a Bobby Roode, and AJ Styles, and I would say Aries, but he's gone now. So. Oh my um, God, they're going to do the higher power angle with Dixie yeah, Carter and this he sent these people me. from TNA. It oh would boy. not surprise me at all. Um, oh boy. To see her be brought in as an authority figure. In fact, if they really wanted to really give her heat. Putting her on Raw and SmackDown would be too obvious. If they really want yeah. to give her heat, making her GM of NXT would be like nuclear heat. Because NXT caters to like the Smarks and the fans that are really more into wrestling. So, but yeah, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be there. I mean, they've done this before. This is how it starts. They 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 they, they include you in little cameos, I and mean, that's how it started for Sting when Warrior died. Remember, mm. Warrior died, and and. They were just talking to different people, and, and there was Sting in, like, that little short 30-second clip, and fans were like, oh, that's not leading to anything. Before you know it, you know, it, that's how it starts. It's a snowball, so. What happens if she, like, comes in, there's, like, a beatdown on a Raw or a SmackDown. You have AJ Styles, like, Samoa Joe. Who else from TNA is on the roster? Um, I'm trying to think some other ones. Well, anyways, just get a group of guys from TNA that were, were in TNA and do, like, a beatdown, and then, uh, you know, who's it? Dixie Carter's behind the whole attack. And then, like, a couple months later, you get the man from the rafters, Sting, as some kind of managerial position. There you go. That that would be great for uh, Survivor Series. Team TNA against WWE. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Would you like that idea or something? Something different. I think Vince would have a heart attack. Yeah. That might not be a bad thing. And then he'll end up dying and Triple H could start running things. <laughs> you know? Cause, and then I'll get my favorite scene. I'm waiting for the funeral. 
where, uh, you know, Triple H is at the casket with uh, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn's crying his fucking brains out. And, you know, Triple H goes over and goes, yeah, Kevin, he was a great man. Well, he'll be missed. Oh, and by the way, you're fired. <laughs> no, take me, Vince. He goes right in the casket at the funeral. Because <laughs> you know that's going to happen. You know, he's done. He's fucking done. I hope he saved his money. But anyways, um, let's get to the other big story here. This is on WrestlingInc.com. Yeah, I saw this last night. I was like, what the fuck? So I don't know what they're going to do with this Tozawa match now, this Tozawa-Neville match tomorrow. I don't know. Tozawa could win, but I'm thinking some kind of bullshit finish, feet on the rope shit. So maybe they save it for Tozawa winning at SummerSlam. So uh, they could do something like that because I was figuring Austin Aries was coming back and basically taking the title off of Neville, but... Um, yeah, PW Torch uh, reports that Austin Aries requested his WWE release because he wasn't happy with being pigeonholed as a cruiserweight and felt he had more to offer than being on 205 Live. Uh-oh, wrestler. It was noted that he had a reputation backstage of having a bad attitude, which may have been why his release was granted. So basically it was Austin Aries asking for his release. Okay, that makes more sense than WWE straight up releasing them. Um, Aries officially signed with WWE in January 2016, debuted in NXT on March 2nd uh, episode. His last match was a losing effort uh, against Neville at WWE Extreme Rules, on, Extreme Rules on June 4, 2017. Aries appeared on 205 the following week and said he was been dealing with knee and neck injuries and has not appeared on television since. Uh, PW Torch noted likely that Aries will work independent dates soon. They added that while he will likely appear some high-profile independent shows, it seems unlikely ROH would be a landing spot for him unless some fences were mended. Yeah, I don't know the whole thing with Aries and ROH. You probably would know more about that. Um, but what, is your, what are your thoughts about Aries asking for his release and stuff? Um, I don't know. I think that, I think he was more than a 205 wrestler. Um, but still, you know, I mean, at least I think he was in the run for the title pitcher and his build from that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole release and what do you see in his future? For uh, Austin Aries, he's not a cruiserweight. He never was. No, I know. And, yeah, and I know. That's he's definitely not two hundred five. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's not a cruiserweight. So, um, of all the indie guys that came to WWE, he was the one that I was the most excited for. And um, you know, when I really started to become a fan of him, was despite all the flaws that TNA did that. That option C story and, and the it factor they did with Bobby Roode in 2011-2012, that was the best wrestling storytelling I had seen in years at that point. You know, he was going to retire after he tried out for Tough Enough, and the story was that USA Network didn't want him. So he was going to retire, and Samoa Joe convinced him to try out wrestling one last time. He gave TNA a second shot. He got a contract. He won the X Division title from Brian Kendrick. And what I liked about Aries was, he was a small guy, and he could work against, like, a smaller-sized guy like a Brian Kendrick, like an Alex Shelley, like a Chris Saban. But then at the same time, he could get in the ring with, like, a James Storm, a Bobby Roode, a Samoa Joe, and he would just hold his own just fine. He had that hybrid kind of cruiserweight, middleweight style that Eddie Guerrero had in WCW, like in 97 when he turned heel, except without the juicing. And, you know, that option they did in TNA where Hogan, you know, one of the few good things Hogan did, the option C storyline. Like, because when you're an X-Division wrestler, you're just kind of labeled as an X-Division guy. Like, how do you exactly do you break out that label in the storyline where 
if you're the champion, you can sacrifice that to get a world title shot. And, you know, Aries did that. And even though he was a heel, he became a face, and Rude was the face and became a heel. It was just really good storytelling. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's fucking awesome. That was amazing. He was basically TNA's answer to CM Punk at the time, who was WWE champion and was kind of spending most of his run like in the mid-card because, you know, they were doing the whole Cena Rock thing at the time. So when Aries left TNA, when he went to NXT, it just never really got going. Um, they, you know, he came and Baron Corbin attacked him, but they didn't really do a good job explaining who he was. Uh, he didn't have good chemistry with Corbin. And then for whatever reason, the NXT fans never took to him like that, or at least the full cell arena didn't. Um, he never really got anything going, had a good match with Nakamura, and then he had like a filler feud with No Way Jose. And then he was going to start something with Kenta, but then Kenta got hurt, and then Aries got hurt sometime after that. Then during the absence, the Cruiserweight division took off. They wanted him to be an announcer on the, cruise, on the Cruiserweight division because their feeling was is that he was a name that fans knew, and they felt like by having him be with the Cruiserweights, it would have like a star to you know help them get over. So, you know, Neville's beating people. He's doing his heel thing, and then Aries kind of has a series of matches with them. And the matches are okay, but they're not as good as you know they can be. It's Neville and Aries, two of the best workers in the world. And they had three matches, and all of their matches were just okay. They weren't great or fantastic like you know they can be. Yeah, and yeah, it's just yeah. dumb because um, what makes it really dumb, and, you know, I'm not trying to, like, show my own bias, but the, the elephant in the room is you have Finn Balor, who's like 190 pounds. Yeah, exactly. And this dude, this dude is in the ring, and he's fighting, like, Bray Wyatt and Samoa Joe. And then you have, like, Aries and Neville fighting, like, TJP. It's, like, it's fucking stupid. Like, yeah. this, is, this is dumb. Um, WWE does not know how to, how, to, how to use cruiserweights. And so Jay from PWP, like, and I see what he's doing, but, like, this is what – I'm trying to, trying to word this in a way to not insult someone. Jay says Aries did his job. Aries got Neville over. What I'm trying to tell the Jay is, look, you don't book cruiserweights like you book everyone else. You have to book them differently. Like what you're doing with Brock Lesnar, okay, he's the universal champion. He's above everybody else, okay? It doesn't matter if Neville is established. It doesn't matter if he's the top guy. There's no one else on the division. It's just Neville and who cares. That's not how a cruiserweight division works. When WCW was doing their cruiserweight shit, it wasn't just Rey Mysterio. You had Dean Malenko, you had La Parca, you had Ultimo Dragon, you had Psychosis, you had Juventud Guerrera. In TNA's days, you had AJ Styles, Daniels, Joe, Kazarian, Sabin, Shelley. Even today in New Japan, you got Kushida, Bushi, Ricochet, Marty Scroll. Jushin Thunder Liger, if you just have one person on top of everybody else, no one gives a fuck. Cruiserweights yeah. are supposed to be the alternative. Fans don't care about storylines or who's dominant in cruiserweights. Fans just want to see something different. That's what cruiserweights are supposed to That's what they're doing. They're, they're building up Neville like he's this unstoppable king, which is great and all, but if it comes at the expense of your division looking like shit, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, yeah. you know, that's what Jay doesn't get. So you don't use that type of booking for cruiserweights. And it's like WWE fans don't get that because 
they don't understand cruiserweights. And why would they understand cruiserweights? Because it's not like WWE has ever known how to use them. Even back in the Attitude Era when WWF was hot and relevant, all they had was Taka Mishinoku. They didn't have anybody else. No. It was just Taka. They didn't have anybody. Every now and One then, hand like, band. Right, right. Every now and then, like... Uh, well, one, two, three, kid. I mean, one, two, three, kid, X-Pac, kind of. You know, he could have... Yeah, yeah they, had him. they, they yeah. had him, sort of, so... But, I mean, but, uh, yeah. yeah, but Aries is Aries, you know. He'll he'll be okay, you know. Yeah. He's, uh, he'll, he'll do fine, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a huge waste of talent. What I would have did with Aries is, like, to me, personally, he shouldn't he shouldn't have even been there in the beginning with. He shouldn't have been in the Cruiserweight division. My idea for Aries would have been is that he should have just been on SmackDown, working against guys like Ziggler... Guys like Miz, guys like Ambrose, guys like AJ, guys like Nakamura. Like, I, I totally see him, like, on SmackDown, and you, you could have had him work against guys like Sami Zayn, guys like Kalisto when he was there, um, and just whoever. Like, just like how Seth Rollins and Finn, just like how Finn Balor goes out there and just works with regular people, um, that's how, what I envision for Aries. Like, he is not a cruiserweight. And I'm, like, he, he's not. Like, he made his name as TNA and Ring of Honor world champion. He, he's never wrestled that cruiserweight style. That is what Finn Balor made his name as, and I'm not trying to insult him. That's what got him on the map. He made his name as the IWGP junior champion, yet here he is wrestling heavyweights, and then Aries is wrestling cruiserweights despite the fact that he's not a fucking cruiserweight. It's like it's just completely ass-backwards. It's just totally ass-backwards. It makes no fucking sense at all. And what's scary about it is, if they're not letting Aries escape the cruiserweight division, then that means none of these other dudes are going to escape it either. Neville, Tazawa, TJP, Kendrick. That that basically means for the foreseeable future, they have no plans whatsoever for anybody else to escape that. They want everyone to just work with each other, you know? And yeah. to TNA's credit, despite all their issues and stuff, like, that's something that even TNA did right. They don't just yeah, yeah, have the X Division, all that. Yeah, you know. Right. The X Division guys, they don't just work against other X Division guys. I see X Division dudes work against heavyweights all the time. Like just a few weeks ago, I saw Trevor Lee in a match against Lashley. You know, or, or yeah. back in the day, you would have like a Jay Lethal or, or you would have like a Chris Sabin against like an Abyss or a Scott Steiner or a Samoa Joe. Like even TNA, they won't just keep everyone that's in the X Division working against each other. So um, as far as where Aries goes, where I would like for him to go, uh, I, I don't know the exact history. I didn't know he was on bad terms with Ring of Honor. I didn't know that. But yeah. um, from what I understand, Kenny Omega, you know, the IWGP U.S. belt that he won, he's going to be defending that in New Japan and Ring of Honor. So mm-hmm. they're going to try to make like a IWGP U.S. title scene. So I would like for him to go to Ring of Honor, and he can fight potentially. He could fight a Jay Lethal. He could fight a, a Dalton Castle. He could fight a Briscoe. He could fight a Bully Ray. But potentially... He could fight Omega, you know, Aries versus Omega for the U.S. belt. That sounds good. Or yeah. he can go to New Japan. I would like him to see there. I, I wouldn't want him to go to Global Force, and I don't mean no, that no, any negativity no. to them because he's already been there before. He's done everything. Yeah. I know they've changed their name, but he's done everything he can do there. He's He's been an X-Division champion. He's been a world champion. He's been a tag champion. I'm sure there's new faces that he can work with there, but he's he's already done everything he can possibly do there. So. Um, at this point, for me, I would like to see him in Ring of Honor or New Japan. And if he's not going to go there, then he'll probably just retire. I mean, because that was what he was going to do at first. He was when when yeah. Tough Enough didn't accept him, he was going to retire. And then Samoa Joe was the one that um talked him out of it. But Aries leaving is, is, sends quite a statement. 
because it shows that not everyone is content with just making money as yeah. long as they're going to be miserable. You know, he's he's leaving. More more and more of these WWE guys are like I, I can't tell you the last person that got fired, but more of these guys are just they're requesting their release or they're allowing their contract to expire and when WWE offers them like to like extend it, they choose not to. Like Cody, he chose to leave. Uh, MVP requested his release. Loki requested his release. Wade yeah. Barrett chose to leave. Uh, John Morrison, he allowed his contract to expire. So more and more, you're seeing these dudes, they're not getting fired. They're simply saying, I want out, or their contract is running out, and then they just choose not to resign. To me, that sends a statement. That sends, that's telling me that a lot of people out there, that you know, it's, it's, it's possible to make a good money, make a good living. Like, you yeah. see what Cody's doing? Like, Cody's in Ring of Honor. He's working New Japan. I think Cody recently said in an interview that he's made more money within the past year that he made in WWE like the past three years. I'm like, we need more folks like that. So I yeah. hope that Aries leaving sends a statement. I hope guys like a Ziggler, guys like a, a Harper, uh, guys yeah. like a Sami Zayn, if, if their contract is coming and WWE has like nothing for them, I hope yeah. they leave too and just go elsewhere. Why stay? No, I know. I mean, he, it's it's understandable with like the safe money and all that stuff like that and you want to burn that bridge and stuff, but – some of these guys, like Austin Air, he's up there in age. What is he, like 38, 39? You know, almost 40 or some shit like that. Um, MVP, you know, same guys like that. You know, you don't want your last three, four wrestling years, whatever you got in WWE, basically doing nothing. You leave, like, no legacy in the ring. Um, Austin Air, has got a chance now. If he goes to Ring of Honor, New Japan, look at the storyline he can build up fighting a Jay Lethal and then whoever else he got, a Cody Rhodes and so on and so forth. To build to get to Kenny Omega, that that would be great. And then finally the the match, you know, Omega versus Austin Aries. Even if like Austin Aries loses in like a sixty minute thing and he retires there, at least his lasting impression would be something great to remember by a great match with Kenny Omega, probably one of the best wrestlers in the world, than being on two oh five and doing shit while wrestles what, two, three minute matches on T V and, you know, fucking losing by you know, count out disqualifications on pay-per-view, I mean, I'd rather see something like that than just, you know, WWE. I mean, I understand the money and all that shit like that, but, you know, at the end of the day, you want to look back in your career some great matches, especially at your tail end of your career, and uh, I wish them the best, you know? Yeah, I gotta I'm do not some... an Austin Aries fan, but I don't mind his work, you know? It's yeah, cool. I gotta do some research on, like, because it's been a while since we've actually had, like, a big like, what-the-fuck release, because normally when most people are released, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, you, you ought to saw it coming, or you're just like, mm. oh, okay, but this is the first, like, real surprising... I haven't been too what... many. You know, the Cody yeah. Rhodes thing, you know, Austin yeah. Aries. Um... This, this is, like, the first big what-the-fuck release in a long time. Ryback, but you could see the writing on a raw with Ryback being on the you know? Yeah. I mean, Probably, my... yeah, this has been the longest, this, this has been the longest what-the-fuck release in... It's been at least five plus. The fact that I can't remember tells me yeah. it's been a while. So um, overall, this is probably one of the like when you just think about like just the potential of it, like just potential. Like even if people don't like Aries, like potential wise, mm. in terms of just talent, this is one of the biggest waste of talent that I waste can recall in a yeah. very very long time. He could have been. He could have done so much more. And he was so good in his TNA, his last couple of years in TNA and shit, you know? Yeah. Um, the way they were pushing him and shit. So, yeah. Um, so, like I said, best of luck. Um, hopefully they do something, like they build it towards a Omega-Aries match. Um, like I said, and you know, season... And you know what the scary part is? I keep forgetting this, too. 
Omega is a he's of cruiserweight size as well, which is another reason why I don't want him to leave. He's only two hundred and two pounds. Is he? Yeah, how, remember? How tall is how tall is Omega? Like six two? Remember, he was junior weight champion, just like Finn Balor was. Oh, after Jesus eight, Christ! Yeah, he looks he, no, he's got to be. He's really only two hundred two, or are they just making that up? <laughs> like that's wow. what his Wikipedia built weight says, unless he's gained weight. Huh? Wow, he's got a lot of muscle on him. I mean, he's not really muscle muscle wise, but. Yeah, fuck, man. I weigh yeah, 220, yeah. but, God, yeah, I mean, I'm fat. He, <laughs> I'm yeah. fat. That's different, but I thought he was big. How tall is he? Like six feet, six two? I got I to gotta look that yeah, up. Look, I mean, yeah, that, that's weird, 202. My God, man. I mean, he, he lives in Japan, so he probably eats rice and fish all the time so he can keep tone. So maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe it's 202. Um, some other news here. I, I just got shocked by this news. Well, not the release part of it, but former uh, knockout champion gone from Global Force Wrestling, Madison Ring gone from... Uh, GFW, basically, her profile has been deleted. She's not even in the alumni section. Um, she last wrestled on July, uh, January 8th and lost to Angelina Love uh, in a tape match for one night only, a revival pay-per-view that aired in March. She has not wrestled at a TV taping since last October. This is where it me right here. As of late, Rain has been co-hosting with this ring with her husband, Josh Matthews. Um, I didn't know that. She's married to Josh Matthews, that tool bag. God damn. Um, last I heard, she's married to Josh, and she was part of the uh, creative. Oh, okay. Man, I guess DD, I guess Tony Schiavone was right. I guess some of the biggest dirtbags do get some of the hottest women back in, like, high school. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like Josh Matthews. He rubs me the wrong way like a conceited piece of shit. I don't know. I just don't like him. I don't know. I like to fucking dip his head in the water or some shit and make him drown. I don't know. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know where she could go. I mean, technically her, her husband works for Global Force Wrestling, so I really don't see much of a future, uh, for her. Um, let me see. Um, oh wait, she is making a return at the all-promotion Shimmer. Um, I think it was a promotion too with the, uh, Asuka Moon. I think I've seen her wrestle on that thing, uh, in Illinois. Uh, she's wrestling under her pre-knockout name, Ashley Lane. So there we go. So best of luck to her and her future endeavors. I used to always love that WWE future endeavors. So, um, let me see. WWE helping former star after troubling YouTube video. What the hell is this video? You get some weird news sometimes on Wrestling Inc. It's a good page. You ever go to that Wrestling Inc.? It's a good page. Yeah, I go there I like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I think PW Torch and Wrestling Inc. are like my one-two and stuff. I usually go for Pro Wrestling Torch for, like, the ratings and, like, some of the news stories and the reviews, and then I go to Wrestling Inc. for, like, the, the big news stories. Um, oh, okay. WWE stepped in and helped Justin Credible after a troubling video he posted on YouTube July 4th. In the video, uh, Credible's name, who was PJ Blacko, uh, he said he was arrested, facing jail time. He hasn't had a public defender to get back to him. He posted, uh, he noted his past WWE and stated his life was on the line. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not going to watch the video, but... Uh, it's on Wrestling Inc. It's a YouTube video, so there we go. Jesus, man, he looks weird in this video. God damn, it all happened to him. Um, so anyways, he says, um, I want to thank uh, Vince McMahon, Stephanie Hunter, Scott Hall, Dallas Page, and Jake Roberts, Credible said. Thank you for helping me, and I just wanted to get my Uber to get to my room and get out of here by tomorrow. So there we go. Credible work from 1994-97, again from 2001 and 2003. He returned in 2006 and resurrected ECW. Credible has since worked to independent wrestling thing, retiring and unretiring. So there we go. Um, oh, shit, he was in Connecticut. 
<laughs> he was at Bradley International Airport going to get help in Tampa, Florida for alcohol abuse. Yes, I'm an alcoholic. Um, no, yes, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I don't do drugs, but alcohol is my worst drug in the world. So, yeah, best of luck to them. Um, one thing I, you know, always shit on WWE, but one thing they really do is uh, any rehab programs, uh, drugs, alcohol, and stuff like that, pain pills, and all that stuff. WWE is really good at getting some of their ex wrestlers on a program or something. So, even though I shit on WWE so many times, I like that in fact that they do that. So, yeah, best of luck to them. Um, yeah, alcohol sucks. Uh, yeah. Alcohol, drug, tears families apart and stuff like that. Um, yeah, don't want to see another guy die at a young age, too. I don't know how old he is. He's probably in his 40s, but... Um, any thoughts on uh, Justin Credible? Crazy. I saw some indie video of him, like, last month. I think I sent it to you. It was him, Sandman, and New Jack at some indie show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, wrestling against three new people. And, you know, Sandman was Sandman, and New Jack was New Jack. I recognized him, at least, but... Justin came out, and he was almost unrecognizable. And, you know, he he tried to do that old trick where you grab the chair by the handles and then you just swing your arms and throw it into the ring. And it was like he tried to throw the chair in the ring like twice and it wouldn't go in. And I was like, uh, Oh, yeah, horrible. yeah, that, yeah, that was funny. Oh, my God, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed um, Justin Credible and ECW, him and... Lance Storm. We were talking today. I did a show earlier today with Justin. We were talking that Lance Storm was one of the worst characters from 1990 and on, whatever. And I think like Lance Storm was just in the wrong time in the wrong place. Um, I think his it didn't really work in WCW and WWF. Um, I think if he came in like years after the buyout of WCW, it was just in the wrong time period. I don't know your thoughts about like Lance Storm. Um, was he, do you think he was like in the wrong time, wrong time period for him, his character? I'm not or familiar he... with. I'm not familiar with Credible's work. I never saw him. No, Lance Storm. Oh, Lance Storm. Well, what about him? You think he was? Just, he was like basically they called him like one of the worst characters in wrestling from one of the years. I don't know what year it was, but um, I, I don't think, think he so. Was, no, I, I I thought he had the look and he can actually wrestle and. Um, I liked his teamwork with uh, Justin Credible in ECW, and he had the, the, the uh, Francine as the manager. I, I, I thought his, uh, I thought his Canadian Triple Threat was one of the really you could argue was the last good thing WCW did before he went under. I remember that oh, yeah, league. Oh yeah, that group too. Yep. Yeah, right, major guns like, and shit. Yeah. Yeah, he he was like cruiserweight TV and US champ, and he like had the Canadian flag strapped on them, and he was chasing the world belt and never won it. Um, and then um, he, he was he was different too, you know, because he came out and he had like no personality, and he took the microphone and was like, <laughs> "If I could be serious for a moment, like, that was just funny," yeah. you yeah. know. And it, it was it was good because that was like kind of in an edgy, edgy way. If, if anything, I didn't think WWE utilized them right because when well, he came in, w- put the shit in. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> the blanket. Put the shit in. Austin <laughs> put the shit in. And then, you know, the whole un-American thing, which I thought was just really <laughs> original and, and just kind of lame. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked his WCW work. I never saw his ECW work, but he definitely seemed fit for a tag team. No, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think, a tag team, yeah. I, think I, I don't think, uh, I think if he came, I think his character, if he was, if, you know, because, you know, we get older, but if if he was a little younger, I think he would have fit in in the early NWA, TNA days, and I think he would have fit yeah. in, like, in the early Ring of Honor days, too. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, every time like Cena cuts a promo or Roman Reigns cuts a promo or a match or whatever, just play that Austin clip when he's ragging the blanket. Boring. Boring. Yeah, it really confuses me when someone says, like, Dean Malenko was boring, and then they, like, wear a Roman Reigns shirt. What the fuck are you oh, talking Oh, yeah, about? yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, Malenko wrestling-wise was great, but, I mean, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have the personality to talk. But, I mean, he could have been a good Paul Heyman guy. But he was called the Iceman for a reason. He just goes in there and does his job. That's the point. Yeah. You know, he's the Iceman. He, he, he was like a cruiserweight Terminator. That was his gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> and then they tried to make him to a sex fiend and shit like that. That was fucking funny. <laughs> um, One other guy that was on the list today earlier I was talking about was the Eugene character that he was on there, too. I, 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 I kind of enjoyed the Eugene character and stuff like that. He tried to imitate The Rock and Austin and stuff, but, you know, trying to make him like a, you know, mentally ill person or, you know, someone with Down syndrome or something like that, mentally challenged person, you know, think it was in bad taste. But, I mean, I, I enjoyed the Eugene character. I thought it was a nice little run and stuff that he had. His, his ring work was okay. Um, any thoughts on, like, Eugene? you think it was a bad character or creation by WWE or just, you know, whatever? I, I didn't care for it, to be honest. No, you didn't? Okay. No, that's, that's cool. Like I said, I didn't really mind it too much. I thought it was kind of humorous to a point. Um, him and Santino Morella, uh, stuff like that. Santino Morella character was good. Um, they had Kozlov on the list too, but Kozlov and Santino had a little good chemistry, but only it was only a few weeks. Oh, what a waste! Yeah, yeah. I guess he's, he's a, he's a stunt double is, or body double for movies, so at least he's. Yeah, you know. Kozlov is. He's pretty much the ideal. He's the perfect example of the fate of a WWE monster. Yeah, so, yeah. So when I hear guys like Abyss. Turn down WWE. I can't. I can't say he made the wrong decision when you look at guys like Kozlov. So, you know, I, yeah, man, I used to. I used to laugh so much. <laughs> I mean, the things you do when you're bored in college. When I was in college, I would go. This must have been like 2008, 2009ish, maybe. I used to go on YouTube and I'd just like listen to uh, wrestling themes. And I remember, like, one time with one of my friends, his name was Ben from Chicago. We used to laugh. It was like an inside joke of us. One time, if you remember when Kozlov first debuted, like, when he first debuted, <laughs> he had, like, no music. So then, so someone went on YouTube, and they put in, like, Vladimir Kozlov, full theme, and you clicked on it, and it was nothing. Oh, it was like, dead air. <laughs> dead air. It was like no one. It was like no one got it. And I remember going in the comments, and everyone was like, "I really enjoyed like this part." Of the I remember song. you sent you sent me that theme too, and I was like, I was turning my monitor. I'm like, "Is my audio on?" And then I was like thinking, "I'm like, oh shit, I remember he didn't have fucking the theme when he first came." And I was like, "Oh yeah, there we go." Yeah, it's just it's just funny. I love sending that to people. Like I'll do that every now and then. We'll all send that to someone, and, and I'll fuck up. It's like an Andy Kaufman trick because they'll think their computer's messing up. Like, hey, is this not link not working? I'm like, no. Oh <laughs> yeah, music. Andy Kaufman thing. Yeah, from Man on the Moon. That was great. Uh, you played the record <laughs> or whatever and shit, or yeah. in the book and shit like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's probably one of the greatest things of all time. That work, Kaufman and Lawler. That shit was so fucking great. Did uh, he slap them there. on uh, what was he it, David Letterman? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! I'm gonna sue good. you, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Christ! Uh, I would love to see something like that today. That'd be great. 
That'd be great if they could pull it off again and shit like that. Um, but anyways, um, one last news story I want to talk about really quick. Uh, top star being pressured to leave pro wrestling. I'm not shocked about this one. Uh, there's been some pressure by from Bobby Lashley's MMA team, America Top Team, about concentrating full-time in mixed martial arts after pulling back his dates with Global Force Wrestling, according to a report by PW Insider. Um, Lashley basically did uh, mixed martial arts debut in 2008 fighting for belt tour in 2014. Currently stands at a record of MMA at 15-2, and two, uh, his last fight being against Josh Eplett, or Eplett, I don't even, at Bellator 162. Um, Bobby lost a top star with Global Force Wrestling. He lost a unification match for the Impact Wrestling uh, G, uh, GW, uh, GFW Global Force Championship to Alberto El Patron last Sunday. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too, him dropping the title. Um, I was even saying that to Justin. I think basically you should just have Lashley just focus, either come back to the WWE or focus on an MMA thing. I, I'm still holding out hope that you can get Lesnar to go to Bellator. Lesnar Lashley, that'd be a fucking, that'd be a good match. Two beasts going at it. You know, you got basically Black Lesnar and White Lesnar going at it because that's what <laughs> a lot of people compare Lashley to is a Black Brock Lesnar. So um, I don't know. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Lashley? Uh, you think he's going to go back to focus pretty much on uh, MMA, or do you think there's any hope for him in uh, Global Force Wrestling? If not, maybe come back to the WWE. I don't see him going New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know where he could fit in New Japan because I mean, I mean, who's who they got in New Japan? that's, like really big. I mean, I don't know that guy Omega beat right. He, he was pretty big, right? Well, he, pretty much, pretty much he, like Elgin. Elgin. He, he, oh, Elgin. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good fight. Yeah, Elgin's good. Um, yeah, if I was if I was Lashley, I would focus more on the MMA. I think yeah. he's done everything he can do. Or yeah, uh, they've they've changed their name to Global Force now. So, but he's he's done everything he can do. His work speaks for itself. He's improved. Um, from what I understand, Vince is just really paranoid. Vince does not want um, Lesnar's like the only exception. You know, he doesn't want someone to work for him as well as doing MMA, UFC. Lesnar's the only person that he would make exceptions for and TNA whether it was Dixie or Jared or whoever was in charge they uh they allowed Lashley to basically multitask so mm. I know Lashley uh, the word that apparent the story is is that you know Lashley said that Michael Hayes is racist and he's not the first person that's oh know, yeah that's called him out for being racist so where there's smoke know. there is fire with that right guy. right right of course you know and he dresses up as a pimp all the time so he's got to have a little black in him yeah, he, yeah. No, he must have been fucking some black diva or something back in the day, because he, he always dressed up like he's a fucking pimp daddy. So I don't yeah, know. yeah. So uh, would a, you know, if he came back to WWE, I, I think he would definitely do fine. Uh, I could see him in an NXT. I could see him on a SmackDown Live. Not on Raw though. Keep him away from Raw. But uh, mm-hmm. I think he, if if I was him, I would just focus more on the MMA. See how far he can go. I mean, he's still in good shape. He's not too old. So yeah. you know. I guess John Cena was doing a Q&A in Australia, and actually uh, somebody asked him a question about WWE not acknowledging the uh, Chris Benoit thing on the network and all that stuff. And basically, uh, yeah, I want to read it, basically, because it's fucking Cena. But he said basically it was a <laughs> very difficult question. <laughs> so basically, yeah, just fuck him. If you want to see his story, go to Wrestling Inc. I hate this fucking guy. I can't look at his brony <laughs> face for two minutes. But there actually is a whole, let me see how long the video is. Oh, wait. 
It's funny too because I don't hear oh, much about Bruce the Blitz. Video of it too. The video is up there too for forty five seconds. I, I, I don't hear much about Bruce Blitz these days, but it's like, of course, I don't hear much about him because Cena's gone. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, he posts a video once in a while on YouTube, Bruce Blitz. So that's kind of cool, like, uh, like the shit of the week or bad wrestling of the week or something. So he's still around. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just want to pay forty dollars a year for his stuff just for wrestling because I mean I know he covers all his other sports, but I'm not really a big sports guy other than hockey, so I really I want to pay for it. But it's cool. I mean, he does put his work in, so he doesn't deserve to get paid. Yeah. Um, and shit like that. You know, I feel bad for all these YouTube guys that were getting screwed from all the YouTube money and shit like that. So, you know, Joe, especially Joe Cronin, he's not even working anymore. He's relying on donations and stuff, and he's got a wife. Three. Three kids. Every everything gets fucked over at some point. I remember like, but that's just how it is. I remember like when I was in college, and I'm not even sure. I, I honestly, I would I would legit pay. I'm like being 100% serious. If someone did a documentary on the rise and fall of MySpace, I would legitimately purchase it because that site <laughs> that site was like everywhere. Like. And the early, like in the mid 2000s, because yeah. that was that was really like, because people right now like Daily Motion, people go, you can go on Daily Motion, a lot of shit's posted there. That was really like my first exposure to indie wrestling. I remember like checking MySpace because people used to post like random videos on MySpace, and yeah. I saw CM Punk versus Samoa Joe on a on a MySpace. It was like an hour match, and you just you could just do anything on MySpace, and then Facebook took off, and yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It took off, and then and when Facebook took off, like, one by one, what happened with MySpace was people either deactivated their account or people just never logged in. And when they did log in, they forgot their password, and they were like, oh, well, I got a Facebook oh, well. now anyway. So, you I know, and Facebook. Then, yeah. yeah it just, it just I mean, I had, I had MySpace, but I really didn't use it. It was kind of weird, but it had some interesting stuff on it. I don't know. I mean, did Facebook just, like, buy them out, or they just said, fuck it, and they just... Well, basically there, there, is, there is two things that I remember being, like, the big turnoffs. Number one, well, not so much now, but back then. First, when Facebook first started, everybody would buy their real name. Whereas oh, on yeah, MySpace, yeah. people yeah. could go by any name. So it was a lot easier to find someone on Facebook. The second thing, which, and this really depended on, you know, what kind of computer you had and how much money you had. You remember, like, MySpace... You could customize your page with like graphics, and you could have like yeah. music on your page. Well, if yep. you didn't have a good computer and you went on someone's page, it would take like forever to fucking load, and no one wanted to go through that. My Facebook was just easier in comparison; like it was just basic. Oh yeah, I remember a that picture. shit. Like people had music and shit on their pages and shit, and like it was a pain in the ass and shit. Yeah, because you could I put remember. like audio players on the page. Mm-hmm. I think. But yeah, I remember because yeah, yeah. there were there were like MySpace pages that were dedicated to just posting certain stuff. Like there's this one MySpace page I went to, and all it did was just just post the wrestling matches from like Ring of Honor, TNA, and just alternative stuff. And then like when Facebook went off and mm. YouTube got big, people yeah, YouTube, stopped going to MySpace. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Once yeah. YouTube was around, it was it became like my fucking heroin at work because I was always <laughs> fucking on it. Oh my yeah. god, I would watch fucking. They actually had this uh, cool channel, too. It was by AOL. It was like uh, Into TV or something like that. It was AOL. They had all these old TV shows. And I used to be, you know, I used to like the old TV shows like Chips and uh, Adam 12. So I would, like, sit there eight hours at work just watching shows after shows. And then they they, they disappeared. They stopped doing it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So then, you know, I found YouTube. 
and then that's where I would try to get it and stuff like that. But it's crazy. Sometimes I try to imagine like what life was like before YouTube. I keep I keep forgetting that there was a life before YouTube, and it's like, what the fuck did I do before YouTube? And I remember yeah. like Windows Media Player and Real Player, those little that's things. It. You downloaded it and it was like thirty second clips. It's like holy fuck, times have changed. I know if if, if YouTube wasn't around, Jesus Christ, I don't know what I would do for like media and shit. I would have to buy DVDs or shit like that, or actually force to go to like buy Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. You know, it's like geez, so I'm good. Yeah, I'm glad that they're around. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear about all the folks being you know screwed over by the yeah. Well, mostly YouTube it was like the wrestling people, and I'm like, what? The re- but then I found that it wasn't just wrestling pages. It was like, um, what the hell was, um, only, only people who are really making any money is like, you know how like, uh, the music people, they have like, with that uh, V-E-V-O, V-O, whatever yeah, the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're the only ones that were making money. Yeah, like, regular yeah. artist people weren't making shit. No ad they're starting, to, they're starting to grind down on that. What's going on now? Like, I don't know if you know this as well. It's getting to the point now where, you can't even upload video game footage anymore because then they'll no. give you like a copyright infringement. So what folks do yeah. now and is like if someone if you upload yourself playing a video game, you have to actually do commentary. You have to talk while you're playing because if you just upload just footage of the game by itself, you can get a copyright strike. You can get sued. Like you know, like in the description of the video that no one ever reads, you have yeah. to put like the 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 you have to put like the official company and who did it and. Like you can creator, the web page, everything, right? Yeah. yeah, it's just it's really crazy. It makes me like it makes you like want to get into it, but then it makes you scared that you could get into it. You get something going, only for someone to just fuck you over. Because JD, flag. he he always uploads him playing Call of Duty, a lot of Call of Duty videos, WWE, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then he tried to do like everyone keeps asking, him, do Mario Kart 64 or Mario Kart whatever, and he's like, I can't because of fucking Nintendo. So like Nintendo's really <laughs> cock blocking a lot yeah. of shit for like video games. <laughs> And stuff like that, so he, he doesn't want to get in trouble for it. Because, I mean, yeah, if he lost his page, he'd be fucking pissed, too. So he might have to start a new one. And so, Joe Cronin, he don't take shit, man. He, uh, if they do something like him, a strike or this and that, he's ready on the board. I'm calling my lawyers. He's like the fucking mean gene of the 2000s. I got a fleet of lawyers. You know, that's Joe Cronin. I got a fleet of lawyers. So, uh, anyways, uh, speaking of mean gene or the fleet of lawyers back in the day, I like when Hogan grabbed fucking uh, mean gene at the... The NWO turn. Um, I got a fleet of lawyers. I went back and watched it, and I forgot. I was like, oh, shit, it was July 7th, 21st anniversary of the NWO. I go back there right when Hogan's coming on. I'm looking at all the cops' faces smiling and stuff. They knew what was going on. And then I see that guy with that ECW shirt and this and that. Oh, that was great. 21 years ago, unbelievable. Yesterday, the NWO was formed. Hulk Hogan finally turned heel, probably one of the best wrestling maneuvers that he ever did, best thing in wrestling, changed the Monday Night Wars. Basically, he almost put WWE out of business, went in the Monday Night Wars for like two straight years. That's why when people ask me, like, who you think is the biggest or the best group of all time, I put NWO as number one because he almost put WWE or F out of business. So that's why um, I always put NWO as the top. But, you know, I ended up getting oversaturated, uh, you know, red and black and all this, and he even had like the the Mexican Latino wrestling NWO and uh, ECW had the Blue World Order. <laughs> that shit was funny. The Blue World Order back in the day. Um, what were your thoughts of uh, back in 1996? Um, I know I'm way older than you. Um, how old were you in 96? Mm, I must have been maybe <laughs> maybe like 
Because I was 16. I'm 38 now. So. I think I was like maybe 7 or 8. Oh, maybe. my God. Jesus. So, uh, God I mean, bless that officer, though. That officer knew what was up. Yeah, he knew what was up. <laughs> he was getting past him. He goes, oh, shit, the Hogan's turning in hill. And shit and like I, that. And, and the guy but in the it, uh, but it was great. ECW um, shirt. <laughs> that guy knew yeah, what was yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, that would have been a great angle. You know how they walk out Goldberg to the ring, the cops and shit? The cops just yeah. stop and, like, turn on fucking Goldberg, and they take off their police shirts, and they got NWO shirts. Oh, my God. That would have been kind of great yeah, just for a beat down before his match or something. But, um, I mean, what are your thoughts about the whole Hogan turning NWO? Was it a good thing for Hogan to do it? Yeah, okay. And I I just did the math now. Yeah, I was I was eight when it happened. Eight years yeah. old, wow. Eight. Yeah, I actually went to, um, I went to Disney that summer, actually, and I was really upset. Because we went to Disney, and um, I wanted to be there longer, but we couldn't afford it because Disney's fucking expensive. Oh, we, yeah. we were we were at Disney for three days, and uh, it was <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and I was upset because the next day Nitro was coming, and that was the day they did the uh, the Nitro attack, the NWO Disney attack, you know, where the NWO attacked everybody at Disney. Yeah, so I watched that I missed, yesterday too. I, I missed that by one day. It made me so upset as a kid. But um, I remember um, I remember what it was like going to school after Hogan turned, and it was because we we would always when it came to recess, we would always play Power Rangers or we would play wrestling, mm. and um, it was like the, the 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 three wrestlers that everyone always imitated was Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, or like. Shawn Michaels because he was like WWF champion at the time, and well, then when Hogan, Ramon. <laughs> and then when when that, when Hogan turned, it was like a fucking funeral the next day at Jeez. school. Like everybody was quiet, and I remember going to recess and like nobody wanted to play. Everybody was like sad. Hogan fucking morning, like <laughs> <laughs> half staff and shit. And... Yeah, I, I kind of I, I get like emotional thinking about it because. For, like, two reasons. Because it, I, sometimes I forget, like, just how mainstream wrestling was back then. Yeah. But I also get depressed because it's like I think about kids today, and it's like they're never going to experience something like that, ever. They can look no. at a clip on YouTube or in a network, but they'll never really understand what it was like because wrestling would just not be like that. And But I, I try not to think too hardly on that, but that that's really the depressing part. Stuff like that is what really makes me so, like, indifferent to having kids. I have no mm-hmm. interest bringing a child into this really boring, shitty world. Like, fucking, there's no cartoons to watch. There's no, no good wrestling. I used to love it Saturday mornings and shit. <laughs> I used to watch, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks and yeah. Mr. T and all these other cartoons in the morning and shit. Yeah, now it sucks. Like, Saturday morning, you're lucky if you get, like, one cartoon, if that. You to know. answer your question, though, uh, what I would have been fine with was, like, when it came to NWO adding members, to me, the ideal NWO would have been Hogan, Hall, Nash, um, Waltman was never needed. No offense, no. Sam. He wasn't needed. Well, I mean, the quick, you know, the quick. Yeah, DiBiase wasn't needed. Nope. Uh, you can keep Vincent as, as the guy to get beat up. He's fine. Keep Vincent. Yeah. It's, it's good to have comic relief. To me, the perfect NWO would have been Hall. Nash, Hogan, Vincent, and in early 97, when they were recruiting new people, some of the people, it worked. Um, Buff Bagwell, he worked. Um, yep. He changed He changed his look. He had the persona. Scott Norton, 
Scott Norton was big in New Japan, but they didn't do much with him in WCW. I remember he had like a fire and ice tag team with that ice train dude. Oh yeah, then, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. And then like when the NWO took off, like it just kind of got lost. And I remember um, he could he could definitely have been like kind of like a secondary enforcer. So Hall, Nash, Hogan, Vincent, Bagwell, Norton, and then later on when Steiner turned on Rick and became Big Papa Pump. Um, mm. I, yeah, so to me, the perfect NWO would have been Hall, Hogan, Nash, Vincent, Bagwell, Norton, Steiner. That's it. No no more. Because yeah. the way you got it, you got Hall and Nash that were a tag team, and either one of them could be like a main eventer. You had Hogan, who was the leader and was the champion. You had Bagwell, who could be like your next future star, could be in yeah. a tag team with Norton. Or it could be a U.S. champion when he was ready. You had Norton, your New Japan reference, because it started in Japan first. He was like the enforcer. And then you had Steiner, who was basically like the loose cannon of the group, kind of like Brian Pillman in the Hart Foundation. Mm. Steiner, Steiner could have done anything. He could have been a tag team with any other person in the group. He could have been like a TV champion, which he was, a U.S. champion, which he was, or later like a world champion. That, that would have been perfectly fine. But like all those other dudes, like, you know, uh, Wall Street or like Hennig or Brian Adams or Rue, like none of those dudes were needed. Oh yeah, and of course Bischoff too. Of course Bischoff. So yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't mind Rick Rude because you know, he can always cut a promo. I mean, he couldn't wrestle. Yeah. Anymore, but uh, um, the Giant. Yeah, they didn't really need the Giant. I think the only one other guy I would have added to the group because technically he was an outsider. If you think about it, Lex Luger, but I mean, I'm not a Luger fan. But I mean, the outside I, angle, like they came I, from another company. Yeah. I didn't mind the giant. It's just it's weird because you already had Nash. You didn't need two giants. Yeah, and plus Hogan was... threw him off the building, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. we, we never got the end of that story, right, Bischoff? Tune in Nitro, find out. <laughs> I have the ball. Twenty twenty-two years later, we still haven't got the answer. But uh, anyways, so uh, that's basically it. Um, for the NWO, but not like I said. Like I always imitated Scott Hall. I used to do his like walk and stuff and. I used to raise the kids off the bus and back body plans and all that shit. That's funny. Oh, I used to do fucking crazy shit when I was a kid. Um, the other guy I used to imitate, too, was Chris Jericho when he debuted in WWE with his arm spread. Um, my buddy got fired for stealing at 7-Eleven. So they're looking back at the old footage and shit, and the guy was like, who the fuck is this guy? You see a dude walking in doing an arm spread, and it was me doing a Chris Jericho. I'm like, man, I would die to see that footage. Doing <laughs> Jericho walking into Seven Eleven, but uh, anyways, um, um, another like one last topic I want to talk about. Basically, uh, Justin always brings this up. We always talk about guys that deserve the WWE or WWF title uh, back in the day. You know, we talk about like British Bulldog. I always talk about Scott Hall, um, Bam Bam Bigelow, um, even Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning. I think deserve an Owen Hart. Um, uh, Mark Henry, I'm still still pissed about that. He should have fucking won it after that retirement speech. They still could have gave him the title for a month and then give it back to Cena. I don't, I don't even care. But, uh, I mean, who do you think back in the day deserved to win the WWE slash WWF title that really never, you know, got it back in the day? Uh, probably, uh, you mean like the 90s? Like the early 90s? Any, any, any era, 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know, that should have won. I mean, like even Christian, you know? I mean, I know you're a big Christian guy. Yeah, I was gonna, I was, I was gonna mention him. 
that Christian Cena was the big money match of 2005 that never happened. Uh, I'll continue to say that. And he was the first person that called out Cena for basically sucking. Like, he was really the first one. See, fans forget that. Not Edge. Not well, you know Cena. why they didn't want to do that, Cena and Christian. You know why, right? Yeah, I know why. But he was, well, he was, the, fir- yeah, he well, was, the, he was the first one. But as far as, like, bastard. as far as, like, really, uh, I thought Rick Rude should have got a run in WWF. I never got oh. that. That's a good one. Yeah, yep. yeah that's weird. Uh, I love the Jake the Snake feud. That was great with the wife and everything. That was great. Yeah. Even had uh, on the tights and shit, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought Rue should have got one. Uh, I thought Davy Boy, the Bulldog, I thought he should have got a run. Yeah. Uh, I thought Owen should have got a run. Um, Mr. Perfect, I'm not sure about. Um, I, I'm really... Mr. Perfect seems to me like a guy that didn't want to really care about winning a world title. He's he always just wanted to put good matches on, and IC title is fine with him. You know, mm-hmm. he's kind of like yeah, a guy yeah. that need the world title, kind of like Scott Hall. He always said that he really didn't need to win the world title as long as he put on good matches and stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely probably the one that always was sent out to me would probably be like, probably like Davy Boy Owen and uh and uh you know Rude, definitely mm-hmm. Rude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. Guys who didn't deserve <clears throat> the WWE or WWF title, you know, it was number one on my list. Fuck boy, Cena. <laughs> Fuck him. Not, not 16 times. Jesus yeah. Christ. I look back at his title reigns, I think, I think like nine of them have been like three months or less. So, so many of his title reigns have been like... They, they really less. don't mean that much. They exactly. really don't. It's no. I just it's just sad. I mean, I want to get Ric Flair's real opinion on Cena winning sixteen titles, but we like all said, know he has more than sixteen anyway. Well, we know. all know that. Yeah, I know he's got like twenty three. Did, didn't you didn't didn't you tell me like Jerry has like fifty or something? No, Jerry Lawler's got like a hundred and three or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he won like every other taping or something back in the day, like USWA or something. I think one year he won like twenty seven <laughs> times or something. Jesus, talk about hot potato with the title. Yeah, he's got like a hundred and <laughs> something. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Even Lawler mentioned it, too. He goes, yeah, I've won the title about 100 times, but if you don't win in the WWE, it doesn't matter. You know, they probably fed him that line. Fucking Miss McMahon, you better say this line. You better say this line. <laughs> I mean, the Lucky. last time Cena won, he beat AJ, and then he lost it like two weeks later. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, there's title. I think, yeah, I, I looked it up. I think like seven or eight of his title reigns are like three months or less. And I think mm-hmm. some of them were less than a month. I think like four or five of them were like less than a month. I, I, I can I can tell you a few of them. Like I remember some of them. I remember he won the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 25, mm-hmm. and then he dropped it like three weeks later to Edge in a last man standing. Him. Yeah. I remember him. I remember CM Punk beating him at SummerSlam. Then Dario cashed in on Punk. Then Cena beat Dario at the next pay per view. Then he lost it at the very next pay-per-view. It was a hell in a cell with Punk, DeRio, and, and Cena. No, that Punk, was beat, Punk, one. Beat, Punk beat Cena at uh, Money in the Bank. And then... Right, and then they had their SummerSlam rematch. Oh, they had a SummerSlam one? Oh, okay. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so that one happened. I mean, yeah, a lot of the reigns okay. really weren't that long. Oh, so. okay. I might have, I might have just fucking skip that one because I was so high on uh, the summer of Punk, how they botched that one. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Give me the book for six months, man. That would have been great. Fucking seeing Punk defending it in Chicago. You got Ray Mysterio chasing after him. McMahon's freaking out. Fucking send off Stigler. Send him to Chicago. Fucking get that. That would always be the biggest, like, oh, waste oh. there. The fact that he was just gone. Was he? Was it even a full week? It was like, like two six weeks. Days. 
10 days, I think it was. I'm like, yeah, Jesus something like that. Like they could have, they could have made really, so much money. Yeah. You know? They blew their load right there. Yeah, they, they could have had it. that tournament, let Cena win it, and then Cena's defending it, and all of a sudden, like three, four months later, CM Punk returns. You know, then we get the video distortion of who's the real WWF champion. <laughs> fucking Ric Flair. That storyline. CM Punk show up in a fucking Ric Flair robe. <laughs> that storyline was like, you finally got the girl of your dreams, and rather than take your time, you just blew your load on day one. That's yeah, you what it was. got your load and everything. You blew your whole bankroll. You fucking, you fucking snorted all the cocaine, and the dealer <laughs> yeah. just got locked up for 20 years. It's over. Party's over. Someone but, uh, gave anyway. me a really good uh, Austin Aries WWE analogy. Someone told okay. me it was like, someone said it was like, you finally made it to Disney World while all the rides were closed. Yeah, exactly. Fucking like uh, Clark Griswold in uh, Lampoon's Vacation against the Wally World. And the <laughs> park's closed. You gotta go get a BB gun. <laughs> Fucking John Candy and shit. That's just a BB gun. Hey, you still pierce the skin. No, it's a Magnum PI. <laughs> you shoot them in the ass. He made me bark like a dog, sir. He made me bark. He did what to your dog? Oh, fuck. That, that, that one's good. The second one was good, too. European vacation and shit. Um, yeah, Christmas vacation was funny, too. The only thing I didn't like about the movie, especially the Christmas vacation, the kids were so much younger back. I'm like, okay. And uh, the Vegas one didn't make any sense, too, because of the kids. They didn't, like, they should have had actors go along with the storyline of the, the kids. It's like, I don't know, but still, they're still funny movies. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, any other topics you want to talk about? Anything with New Japan or Global Force or anything that's from this past week? I know about the Alberto Del Rio. They're trying to silence them with the music and shit. Uh, bad mouth in WWF. Or yeah, English. hopefully they uh, come to the realization he's not the guy that should be the, you know, face of their brand. So, no, no. Yeah, pretty much other than that, that's pretty much it, you know. the, uh, the I think WWE should release Paige. Just fuck it, you know? What's yeah. the point? What's yeah. the point? He's being punished anyways. He's being punished being with Del Rio. I, <laughs> I I worry about Paige. Like, she might fucking do something, like, flirt with some guy at a bar and fucking Del Rio end up killing the guy and then murdering her or something. We might get, like, a sort of a Bronco chase. We might get, like, a, I don't know, kind of, I don't know, a fucking uh, El Camino. <laughs> I don't know what the Mexicans like to drive nowadays, but we'll get some kind of fucking chase on the highway or and shit like that. And, Oh my God! It's Alberto Del Rio. I wonder. I wonder if he calls dudes filthy perils in real life. <laughs> yeah, filthy, filthy perils. <laughs> yeah, he's at a fucking yeah, Walmart picking up some stuff. Come on, filthy pedos, hurry up! I gotta get out of here. I'm Alberto Del Rio. He's like slapping his chest, and then some fucking guy comes up and says, "Hey, you got you gotta be quiet here. You know, we got customers here." He puts them in a fucking arm bar, and Paige is <laughs> freaking out. Oh my God! I should have stuck around with Brad Maddox and Xavier Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. WWE shows tomorrow, so Godspeed, Joe. I mean, maybe the ninjas will show up and save them. I hope the ninjas <laughs> show up. Yeah, honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I still think somehow Strowman's getting involved. Uh, other news sources are talking about triple threat match. Um, Some people are talking about doing the Lesnar-Roman Reigns match at SummerSlam. I say fuck that. They ain't doing Roman Reigns and Cena because that's the end game for Cena's uh, shovel tour 2017 going into 2018. <laughs> <laughs> the shovel tour. Um, Seth Rollins, like I said, I, I hopefully he reunites with his dad, Kurt Russell, and uh, gave from the mid-card coming <laughs> yeah. to the WWE uh, DVD. 
Uh, they're, gonna put him, they're gonna give him a clock and it's gonna expire. Say if you don't if you don't get out before then you'll be stuck in the mid car forever. <laughs> no <laughs> He's on main event and shit or superstars, whatever they got. Jesus they should make that a WWE like films movie, see who gets it. I'd watch. Oh my god. Yeah, I should send that to Dewey or something. Yeah, tell Vince to make a new movie called Escape from the Mid Card starring De- uh oh, sorry, fucking uh Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler. You get a Bray Wyatt as a caretaker because he's basically in the he's in the funeral home already. He's in the that, in the, that in was the when uh, that was when Ryder won me over. Did you ever watch his show on YouTube, Ryder's show? I watched it a few times when he first started doing it. It was pretty good. I remember uh, the one thing he did in the show. I'll never forget was he was climbing over a gate. He was climbing over a gate. Oh, he's going over. <laughs> <laughs> he was coming over a gate, and then fucking Orton showed up. And he was like, what are you doing, Zach? And Zach was like, I'm trying to get over. I'm trying to get over. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? You can see Orton was, like, trying to hide to laugh his ass off. Well, that's fucking to hilarious. <laughs> Christ. Oh, my God. But uh, anyway, uh, God. I don't know. Everyone asked me, like, uh, I mean, how can I still watch this crap? But he's like, is there any, like, moment you'll mark out to? I said, really, there's no moment I'll mark out to only other than well, the Dolph Ziggler, Kenny Omega spot, I want to see that. And <laughs> yeah. Punk returning to wrestling. Other than that, I won't really pop for nothing anymore in wrestling. Unless there's like a nipple slip or something, like a boo pop. Other than that, I, I don't care. I, I usually pop for Strowman because oh, every yeah, time I... Oh, I fucking laugh with Strowman. Oh, I fucking died laughing when he threw the dummy. Well, I know it was a dummy. A Roman yeah. Reigns off the thing. I fucking laughed my ass off. And then he flipped right. the ambulance. I was fucking laughing for like 10 I, minutes. I pop like, for Strowman because Strowman yeah, I, I legit... pop for Strowman when he comes out because it's just funny. He, le- he, he legitimately reminds me like of a Power Rangers monster. Like I feel like he, he could come out and like he could come out and like the Rangers could just show up and he could kill them. Like I wouldn't question it. Like it would just make per- <laughs> if make they make a Mortal sense. Kombat movie, they'll fucking uh, they'll they'll cast him as like Goro or some shit. Or, I don't know who else they got for fucking you know big guys. I used all the Mortal Kombat games back in the day and shit like that. Um, I can't do the fatality. I should. I, I I know I'm not a big video game guy anymore. I used to be like. See, I was always, like, for me, it was like WWF. I was always loyal to WWF. So, for video games, I was always loyal to Nintendo. I would always play Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. Uh, once in a while, I would play Sega if they had a cool game. Like, I had to play the original Mortal Kombat on Sega because, you know, Nintendo didn't have blood. So, I had to play mm-hmm. that. But, um, like, now, I don't know. I mean, my loyalty for wrestling is still WWE. But, you know, if you send me something, like, Ring of Honor to check out. I'll definitely check it out because I want to be entertained. Like that New Japan special, I enjoyed it. I actually liked watching the New Japan. I mean, am I going to be keep watching New Japan? Probably not. But, I mean, if there's a big match coming up, there's a big build for Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes and shit like that, and Okada, I'll definitely check it out. You know, I'll definitely watch it if there's a special on TV, especially at Access TV. So always go over Justin's and watch it. So, I mean, there's certain things for, uh, for you know, I, I just want somebody really – fucking compete with WWE. I want, I just want somebody to fucking light some Vince's ass up just to get him motivated again. Bring him out with that old Vince McMahon. And, I mean, I want Ring of Honor in New Japan to do something in America. And then finally they did have that show in California. Now hopefully they expand and go to another big market and so on and so forth. And, you know, hopefully they go to Chicago and, uh, you know, Lure that one guy out of his house. <laughs> Maybe some Blackhawk tickets or something. <laughs> kidnap him or something. <laughs> Anything. Oh, Punk, where are you? Hey, hey, KC and Punk, just come on out. We're just going to go to a hockey game. Wait a minute, the Blackhawks ain't playing. Next thing you know is a white van and some chloroform, and they throw him in the back of a van. And he shows up on 
New Japan TV, but he's still knocked out. But he's sitting in the front row, and everybody's like, CM Punk, CM Punk. You got AJ Lee, like, putting his hands up like he's a, like a dummy from, uh, what was it, Weekend at Bernie's? Like, just make him like he's knocked out from the, the core form. Punk can be wearing a hockey helmet side. He came here to see the strong style. He <laughs> came here to see the strong style. Yeah, so anyways, we'll see what happens, but... uh. I'm not really looking forward to great balls of fire. Um, I want to definitely see what they do with uh, Strowman and Reigns. I I just got a funny feeling about Undertaker. Um, it went from Hartford, Connecticut to Dallas, Texas for a reason. I'm not buying it because it was ticket sales or not. So I'm thinking something big is going to happen. If it's not Undertaker, I'm going to be looking in the rafters for stinging a baseball bat. Um, <laughs> or just a golf. Was, yeah, just we'll see what happens. Distract him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, uh, the Lesnar... Uh, Lesnar match with Samoa Joe. I'm going to see what they do with that, too. That should be pretty good. Um, the tag match is going to be good. I, I think Cesaro and Sheamus and the Hardys are going to put on a good match, but now that Sheamus is going to be filming a movie, I didn't know about it. Definitely see the Hardys uh, winning. Um, Jeff posted something on Twitter, seven seventeen seventeen. like something's going to happen on that day. Um, I don't know what the fuck seven seventeen is. What, what day is that week that is? Oh, it's a Monday. Oh, shit, so maybe we get the broken... Character on seven seventeen, seven seventeen seventeen. He said something on Twitter like, "Yeah, that's, that's the next, Monday." Next, yeah. Monday. Look at my computer. Uh oh. So there we go. They win the belts and shit. See, I was thinking we get the broken character, but um, like I said, Cesaro, Sheamus retain the titles because like Jeff fucks up again. He does a fucking high spot, fucks it up for the team, and then uh, there we go. But maybe they win the titles and you know I don't know they bring it back and stuff like that. So. Whatever. I mean, what is he, fractured? Fractured Hardy. Mm-hmm. So, I guess John said he had a picture. I think it was I think it was Jeff Hardy he met. I, I couldn't tell. He was wearing sunglasses and a hood. It, it kind of looked like Jeff, so that's kind of cool that he met somebody. Um, I don't know. If there was one wrestler I would want... Uh, actually, if there, was like, if there was like one wrestler, you're like on your deathbed, and you could talk to a, a wrestler, like... I don't know, like for five minutes. Who who would who would be your one guy you would want to shoot the shit with on your deathbed before you yeah, die? Prob- probably Roddy Piper. Yeah, he'd be good. He'd be good. Mine would probably be uh, Scott Hall or Jericho. Mm-hmm. I just think Jericho would be kind of cool to shoot the shit with um, and stuff. Austin would be cool too, but he comes off too serious. Like, he, he don't give a shit on your deathbed. He'll hit you with the bedpan. You know, you don't give yeah. no shit. He'll be like, oh, it looks good to me, nurse. And it's <laughs> 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 fucking McMahon's face was so fucking priceless. I had to go back and watch it. He's just like, uh, and all of a sudden, doink. He fucking just gets attacked. And, yeah. The, the only thing I really always complain about Steve Austin is his fucking punches were so fucking shitty. He had, like, the worst punches when he's on the ground with you. They're so bad. But, yeah, that's other, true. <laughs> other than that, I didn't have an issue with Austin. Just his fucking punches were so weak. When he was on the ground, um, for best punchers, I think Scott Hall probably was one of the best punchers. He had most one of the realistic looking punches, I think. I always like the seizure kick Rock did when you're in the corner. Oh yeah, the starter <laughs> kick. Yeah, 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 in the corner. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, what the hell was I watching? The Rock and um, the Rock and Austin. Oh yeah, the night when he uh, yeah, when he joined McMahon at WrestleMania was 17. It was. Yeah. Uh, when he gave him the stunner, he did that backflip into the ropes. Chopper uh, <laughs> sold the stunner again and shit. And then uh, fucking Jim Ross's commentary. Why, you son of a bitch, he sold out. da 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 Fucking Jim Ross is so fucking great. Oh, my God, I miss him. But uh, anyways, 
All right, Chris, man, thanks for calling in. Uh, have a nice Sunday. Try to enjoy uh, Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. I've got a lot of balls on fire on Sunday. So, yeah, and, uh, thanks for calling in, man. Take care. All right, later. All right, man. I want to thank uh, Chris for calling in. Everyone out there, take care. This has been Nate for Inside Rustling. Yeah, enjoy uh, Great Balls of Fire. And then we got Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So, everybody, goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.